in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. From the very beginning of time, we see light and darkness in the creation story. In fact, the first thing that God spoke in Scripture was, let there be light. Light is a beautiful thing. Light is a powerful thing. And not only did God create light, God is light. We see in 1 John 1.5, John writes this. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is light. He is representative of everything good and true and holy rather than what is evil and false. So what is light? What does light do? Light lights the way. It guides us. Think of God manifesting himself as a pillar of fire to guide the Israelites through the desert as they wandered at night. Think of that star guiding the magi to the newborn baby Jesus. Think of those lighthouses keeping ships from running ashore or of flashlights, flashlights that show us where to go. Light lights the way and guides us. Light also helps us to see. It helps us to see that which we could not otherwise see. Light comforts. Many kids at some point or another are afraid of the dark, and let's be honest, many adults are too. The darkness is scary, but you don't hear of people being afraid of the, the light because light comforts us. Light illuminates the darkness. Darkness is just the absence of light. Sin and evil breed in the darkness, but that light illuminates in the darkness. And with that, that means it also exposes what's hiding in the darkness. Light gives us hope. Light gives us hope. Imagine being lost in complete and utter darkness and how that little bit of light gives just a glimmer of hope. I think of being in northern Alaska in the winter when it's eternally dark compared to being there in the summer when it's eternally light. What a difference that makes. Light provides hope in the midst of despair and isolation. Light gives us hope. Imagine living in Israel 2,000 years ago. You've been waiting. You've been promised a Messiah who is to come. And you've read the prophecies like the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. I, the Lord, have called you, this Messiah who's promised, I've called you in a righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. I, God, will also make you 
Messiah, a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. You've been waiting. You've been waiting for the light, waiting for that salvation, waiting for hope to be realized, and yet nothing. It's been 400 years of silence from God, having not heard anything since the prophet Malachi. Many people lost hope. They're looking for hope. They're looking for a glimmer of light. And then, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all people might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the birth story of Jesus, the story of Christmas. And it might not be the story you expected. It might not be a story that you would think of, but I love the perspective this brings, a different reality to the birth of Jesus. And there's so much to unpack here that we don't have time for. I encourage you in this Christmas season to dig more deeply into this passage in John chapter 1. But just this morning, I want to spend some time looking at some truths that we see in this story. What are some truths of who Jesus is? Number one is this. Jesus, the Word, has always existed. He is God and he has been with God since before the beginning of time. Jesus is responsible for creating. He and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they did that together. They created together. Jesus is life. Jesus is life. He himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is life. Jesus is the light of mankind. And Jesus shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. Or your Bible might say understand it. And just to, to explain that distinction a little bit more, your Bible might say understand, it might say overcome. I love how Carolyn Aarons describes this distinction. 
She says, the Greek word alternatively rendered overcome and understood is katalambano, which means to take hold of or grasp. We need more than one English word to try to hint at the full gist of what John is saying here. John has seen the light of the world with his own eyes. He's gone fishing with him. He's eaten with him. He's prayed with him. And he's watched him endure the most horrific death imaginable and then come back to life. So John knows that there's no darkness in the universe that can permanently grasp and defeat this light. The darkness cannot overcome it. But John also knows that our human minds, left to their own devices, cannot begin to grasp the love on offer and the astonishing fact of the Incarnation. The darkness cannot understand it. And so when we say that Jesus shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it, the darkness cannot understand it, that is what we're talking about. Jesus is the true light that gives light to everyone. And yet, the world didn't, and the world doesn't recognize Jesus, has failed to receive him. But Jesus gave us the right to become children of God. Jesus became flesh and lived among us. He was born as a baby and he grew into a man. Jesus shows us grace and truth. Grace and truth. And Jesus makes known the Father to us. As we said, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are all truths of who Jesus is that we read in the first, chap- the first half of the first chapter of John's gospel. And so much more that continues to happen as Jesus goes throughout the days of his ministry. But from the beginning, this is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus is. Later on in his ministry, he makes a bold statement about himself. One of many times he says something bold. John 8, 12, this is what Jesus says. He's speaking again to the people. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so as we continue on in our Advent series, He Shall Be Called Today, today we're focusing on the title of Jesus, of light of the world. He is the light of the world. And to lend a little bit of context to what Jesus is talking about as he says this, this is what J. Kim has to say. It says, Jesus spoke these words during the Feast of Tabernacles, a week-long Jewish festival centered on celebrating the Exodus, when God led his people out of slavery in Egypt and into freedom in the Promised Land. During their long journey through the wilderness, Yahweh, God, had revealed himself to the people as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. To remember this act of divine guidance during the Feast of Tabernacles, in the temple courts, flames were lit atop two 75-foot-tall pillars to symbolize the pillar of light in Exodus. It is in this very setting that Jesus stands in the temple courts, likely in the light of these pillars, and declares, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. But what, what does that mean? What does that mean that Jesus is the light of the world? Well, I want to share a couple of Greek words with you today. And if it sounds foreign, it's probably just because it sounds like Greek to you. Um, But two Greek words I want to share with you this morning. The first word is the word phos. Phos is the Greek word for light. If it sounds familiar, it should. That's where we get words like photograph, photon, photosynthesis. Phos means light, especially in terms of its results and what it manifests. 
Specifically, what we see in the New Testament of Scripture, when it's talking about light, it's talking about the manifestation of God's self-existent life. Divine illumination to reveal and impart life through Christ. Jesus is light. He is phos. And the word for world is cosmos. Sounds familiar? We talk about the cosmos. Cosmos. More literally, it means something ordered. An ordered system like the universe or creation. But in general, it's talking about the world, the universe, worldly affairs, the inhabitants of the world, the adornment of the world. So Jesus is light of the world, phos, cosmos. So for Jesus to be the light of the world means that he is the manifestation of God and of the life that he brings to the entire world. He's the manifestation of God and of the life that he brings to the entire world. So what what does that look like? What has that looked like practically in what Jesus has done for us? How has Jesus served as the light of the world and carrying out that identity? Well, he says later in John chapter 12, verse 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. We no longer have to walk in darkness, but we can have the light of life, both in the present, in this life, and also in the future, in the life to come into eternity. We get to experience the light of life and no longer being in the darkness. Paul writes to the church in Colossae, Colossians chapter 1, says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus does not want us to remain in that darkness. He wants us to take that step into the light because he rescued us from that dominion of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of light. So how do we take that step from the darkness into the light and experiencing the life that Jesus has for us? We read it already in John chapter 1. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We receive Jesus in faith. We believe in his name. We believe that he is who he says he is that he came as the Son of God, lived that perfect sinless life, died on the cross for our sins in our place, and rose from the grave to bring us new life. And God calls us his children. We are children of God. A couple verses further down, he continues, out of his fullness, that is Jesus, out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. It doesn't matter who you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus has extended to you grace upon grace upon grace. There is an abundance of that grace. Out of the fullness of who he is, he has way more grace than anything that we could possibly do or anybody that we could possibly be. Jesus died on the cross for those sins. He resurrected from the grave to bring us new life. And there's nothing that can stand in the way of that darkness because that darkness cannot overcome who Jesus is. As Paul writes to the Corinthian church, it says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We too get to experience that light, that beauty of knowing Jesus and being in a personal relationship with him 
with the creator of the universe. We get to experience that because of taking that step of faith from darkness to light. And I love how J. Kim describes this. He says, light is a wonderment because of its promise that there's something brilliant veiled behind the darkness, waiting to be found, pulsing with life on the brink of unfolding before us. In announcing himself to be the light of the world in this particular place and at this particular time, Jesus was making a bold and beautiful declaration about what's veiled behind the darkness and more importantly about his own ability and willingness to get us there. It's not anything I've done. It's not anything you can do to take that step from darkness to light. It's all because of who Jesus is and his willingness to descend down to us, to take that step into the darkness, to carry our sins for us so that we could have that opportunity to take that step of faith towards light, towards relationship with him. And what's almost as amazing as the fact that Jesus came as the light of the world, that he went through all of that for us, is the fact that we too have a part to play. We have a role in all of this. What's unique about that title, Light of the World, Phos Cosmos, is not just that that's a title that Jesus gives himself, that's a title that Jesus gives to us as followers of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, the beginning part of his Sermon on the Mount, his most famous sermon that Jesus gave, talking to his disciples, he says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before mankind, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We, too, are the light of the world. We are called to imitate Jesus, and that means being a light of the world as he is the light of the world. He tells us, Paul does in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Jesus Christ loved himself and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Skipping a few verses further down to verse 8, he continues, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. We're called to imitate God, to imitate Jesus. He has called us lights of the world. We want to live as children of God, live as children of light. To live out the fruit of the light, the goodness and the righteousness and the truth that he calls us to. John called himself, he called John the Baptist. All of the other disciples of Jesus, they were witnesses to the light. And we too are called to be witnesses to the light. So what does it look like for us to be the light of the world? How do we live that out? Well, I want to give you a few thoughts this morning, things that we see in Scripture. Number one, we want to speak of the light. We want to speak of the light, declare his praises. Peter writes to us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Why? So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. We praise and we thank God for who he is, for what he's done for us. As he has brought us from darkness into light, we want to give him the praise for that and we want to tell others 
of what God has done in that, how he has rescued us. We declare his praises. Number two, we want to point to the light. So when we speak of the light, we want to point to the light. We want to direct people to Jesus. I think of the Magi as they followed that star from the east all the way to see Jesus after he was born. That star led them, it guided them, it pointed them to Jesus. And after they met him, they worshiped him, they experienced him, they too turned around and they told others. They continued to worship and they pointed other people to Jesus. We too have to point people to the light to help guide people, direct them to who Jesus is so that they too can experience him. Number three, we want to be the light and shine. We want to be the light. We said earlier that for Jesus to be the light of the world means that he is the manifestation of God and of the life that he brings to the entire world. And so if we also are the light of the world, then that means that we too are a manifestation of God and of the life that he brings to the entire world. In other words, though we are not Jesus, we have the opportunity to be Jesus to the people around us. That we can be an example of him, that they can have an encounter with Jesus because of how we're living. So what does that look like? Paul tells us in Philippians, that you may become blameless and pure, children of God. There it is again. Without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. We live out the life that we have in Jesus and shine like stars in the universe. Reiterating Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before mankind that they may see your good deeds and praise you. No, praise your Father in heaven. Us shining, being the light, is about other people seeing the ways that we're living and being drawn to Jesus and to give him praise, to speak of the light, to declare his praises, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Being the light, shining the light of Jesus is about people being drawn to that light not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is in us. Again, we're pointing people to Jesus. We're speaking of the light, declaring his praises, because we have the light of life that Jesus has given us. Be the light. Number four, we want, we want to illuminate light into the darkness. Illuminate light into the darkness. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 4, says, the God of this age, meaning Satan, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan has blinded unbelievers so that they remain in darkness. How can we help others find the freedom that Jesus has made for them to help them find the light, to find freedom from the shackles of sin, to find true life instead of death? Because the reality is, at one point, we were all in the darkness. Without Jesus, that's where we all would still be. That's where we would remain. 
Maybe today you have not taken that step of faith from darkness to light and placed your trust in Jesus. We want to illuminate light in the darkness and shine the light of Jesus in. Maybe there's something that you've been walking through in your life, something that you've been hiding, something that's in the darkness that needs to be brought to the light. As Paul writes to the Ephesians, he says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. And then John chapter 3, just a couple verses after famous verse John 3.16. Jesus continues this. He says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done through God. We want to shine light into the darkness to illuminate the darkness. And it isn't always pretty because sin and evil and ugliness hide in the darkness. That's where they thrive. But everything that's hidden in the darkness will one day be exposed. It will be brought into the light, whether it's what you're hiding or what somebody else is. We need to bring what's in the darkness into the light. Because Jesus died for whatever that thing is. He died on the cross for that. And his grace upon grace is there for that, whatever it is. And it's with his grace and truth that we address those things in our lives and in the lives of others, that we humbly approach these things with love and point out how anything that's been done has not been our own strength, our own doing. It's simply been because of Jesus. And so we illuminate light into the darkness Bring what's in the darkness out into the light to help others who are still walking in darkness to find the light, to find Jesus. It's a battle. I love how J. Kim describes this. He says, human experience is the paradoxical commingling of the love of darkness and the need for light. On our own, in our sinful flesh, we all have a love for the darkness. But that's not what God desires for us. Because what we need is not the darkness. What we need is the light. What we need is Jesus. And so we find that battling within us, no matter where we're at with Jesus. But for those of us who have taken that step of faith into a relationship with him, we know that that darkness is a thing of the past. That darkness Jesus died for and it is dealt with. And we no longer are caught up in that anymore. We are free from that. We want to love the light, because we need it. Number five, we want to walk in the light. John writes, 1 John chapter 1, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. We walk in the light. We live by the truth. And of course, we aren't perfect. None of us besides Jesus is. It's only by the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can't even hope to walk in the light and to live by the truth. 
But that's what we have been called to as followers of Jesus. And we have that power, that strength in us to help us do just that. Number six, we want to spread the light. Light spreads. I think this morning of these candles, at one point, were one of the only things lit in this room. We're celebrating Christmas Eve in just a few short weeks, and many of you have been or will be here for that service. Christmas Eve, towards the end, is such an amazing thing as all the lights go down and we sing Silent Night, starting with just one lit candle. And watching as that candle lights another, and that candle lights another, and another, and another. And before you know it, the entire room, what once was in darkness, is illuminated because of the way the light spreads. We too are called to spread that light to others, to help others find the light too. Because even just reaching or impacting one person, helping them move from darkness to light, helping them to encounter Jesus, it means the world, it means eternity for that person. And it goes a long way beyond that too because you never know how the light will spread from there. That one person could start the wildfire that sparks revival and impacts countless lives. We are called to spread the light. And finally, we are called to reflect the sunlight. Reflect the sunlight. We are like moons which reflect the light of the sun. The light is not our own. It comes from outside of us. Yet we must shine brightly. That moon has no light to reflect from the sun when it is not in contact with the sun. We cannot hope to shine brightly and reflect the glory of Jesus without being near to him and near to those in the darkness, those he came to save. Though people may find some comfort in the moonlight, the reality is it falls short. We want to point people to the true light, the light that we truly desire, the light of the sun, the light that truly illuminates and shines most brightly in the darkness. That's what we were created for. That's who the light of the world is. That's what we are meant to be. And what I love most about all of this, as we live in this world, this dark world, yet as lights of the world, is that that's not how it's always going to be. There's a future eternal reality that we have to look forward to. One day experiencing for all eternity that the light of the world, Jesus, gets to shine and we get to experience him like we were created to. The darkness is done away with. It's all about him, the light of the world. Revelation chapter 21. This is what John writes. It says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And a few verses later, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is what we have to look forward to, reigning with Jesus 
as sons and daughters of God. No darkness, no sin, no evil, all light, full of hope and joy, promise fulfilled and peace, life and love, experiencing eternal life, life to the full, just as we were created to. The light of the world came all those years ago to make us lights of the world with the hope that one day the whole world could experience that light. Church, you are the light of the world. What is your part to play? How are you shining in this Christmas season? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you that you are God, that you are good, Lord, you are worthy of our worship. Jesus, thank you that you have not only been since before the beginning, that you created and yet you also willingly came, you put on flesh, you became one of us, the light of the world here to dwell among us. You lived that perfect, sinless life that we were intended to live, but failed. You died on that cross in our place. You paid the penalty of death for our sins that we deserved, and you didn't. Jesus, you rose from the grave to bring about new life for us in you. Thank you for giving us that opportunity to step from the darkness to the light, to find eternal relationship with you. And Father, I pray for anybody here today in person or who's listening online who, if they're being honest, they're still living in that darkness. They have not taken that step of faith towards you, towards the light. Lord, I pray that they would find in them the desire to see what's in the darkness be illuminated, to see that brought into the light as they take that step of faith towards you, towards believing in you, trusting in you. And Father, for all of us, those things that we find ourselves hiding in the darkness, I pray that we would, by faith, by your grace, bring those things into the light. I pray that your truth would reign true. And Jesus, that we would be lights of the world as you are the light of the world. That we would shine for you, that we would walk in that light, reflecting who you are, reflecting your glory. In this Christmas season, Jesus, let us be reminded that it is all about you coming to us, the light of the world. Let us point people to you as we declare your praises, knowing that you are God, you are good, you are Savior and Lord, and you are the light of the world. It's in your wonderful, powerful name we pray today.